0: All right, welcome back to NGF News, everybody. Um, Thank you all for who have listened to the last uh, four episodes. Four, yeah. Uh, I can't believe we already got the four so far. just make sure to follow us on uh, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Ngf.news, and and t- uh, TikTok and Twitter's NGF underscore News, um, and also Instagram. Almost forgot about that one. Uh, but today we have two really interesting topics that we're going to talk about. Something that was actually suggested by some viewers. Um, so the topics are today are the trucking industry and what it's like, and the forecast in the future. And then the next one is the currency market.
1: All right, perfect. So. We're gonna go dive right into the uh trucking industry. Um and we're not just talking about the trucking industry here in the United States. Um, this is the trucking industry as a, as a world, and we're going to see what's going on around the world and what we can do to better um better the trucking industry. So uh, let's dive into the US, then we'll move into Europe, and then we'll go to global solutions for the entire world. So um here in the United States, we have anywhere between four uh, 4 million to 6 million semi trucks operating here in the u.s it's a little bit difficult to try to pinpoint because there's been a uh, trucking boom um during covid up from covid till now because since everything with covid with online shopping and everything there's been a lot more carriers and a lot more people that want to dive into this industry so the exact number is kind of unknown but uh, from my research i was able to find some sort of like number in between from four to six um, as in Europe, um, according to the um, ACEA, um, there are about 6.2 million trucks in circulation in the EU. Um, in the EU, trucks carry about 77% of the freight uh, transported um, in the EU. And um, yeah, I mean, that's just some basic uh, statistics about what, how many trucks, what's going on. So um, the issue here with trucking industry, that may seem like we have to have a lot of trucks. There's stuff in circulation, but because of COVID, because of the fuel prices, because of regulations, inflation, and the beginning rise of lack of loads, this is causing a massive problem in the trucking industry and one of the major causes of the entire supply chain issues.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I remember uh, I used to work at TJ Maxx and the trucks would always come to the back to unload the the merchandise and one of the biggest things that the truck driver would always say is that there's like no more fuel left at our Connecticut yeah. ports, no more diesel fuel. So they don't have enough trucks. They can't send out enough trucks because there's no more fuel. And um and then you have the supply chain issues of getting merchandise. So then if there's not enough merchandise, well then truckers can't go out, and then there's the whole inflation thing, and then there's the whole uh wages issue. Um the trucking industry not just in the United States but around the world is it's struggling um at a very very fast rate too it can could, it could, it's one of the reasons why supply chains are um Back, lagged, exactly, backed up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um I do have uh, for us I have a testimony from uh, Spectry Holdings trucking company based out of Connecticut um this is my buddy uh, Christopher De La Cruz he is a truck driver and he's he spends, this is pretty much his career. This is what he does. And I was able to talk to him on the phone to discuss what he sees that the American population or the global population doesn't see. And this can be echoed from pretty much all around the world. So he says that the trucking economy goes basically hand in hand with the American economy. So if you don't have things flowing, if you don't have goods being manufactured or whatever it is, That trucking economy then becomes a precursor of what can happen to the economy in the future. So a slowdown in the trucking industry will then therefore mean a slowdown in the markets in general. So truckers move supplies around. And if there's no shipment going around, then there's pretty much no consumer spending. Um, During the pandemic, the trucking industry took a hit. Nothing was being moved. But then when regulations started to be lifted little by little, and of course they he saw that because of the Amazon boom and all the everything being moved to online where you just order everything online the it attracted new carriers new drivers and new owner operators and then as covid was beginning to settle regulations were and the lockdowns were beginning to settle the demand started to go back down because of uh the ukraine situation markets freezing general inflation and then opec antics um, so all, so they saw a rise when COVID started to dwindle down. In 2021, the trucking industry was fantastic, he said, and he was hailed as the hero. For example, the all the tr- all the truckers were, quote unquote, like how do I explain this? Like the government and the people saw them as heroes because they stayed in COVID when no one else wanted to yeah. to keep the economy going. But with what we're seeing now, with inflation no oil and all and all that they all add up to what he calls a trucking winter and that's what he believes we're in right now yeah well
0: and that's a very i think accurate testimony considering that in the united states we do not have if there was not trucking we no trucks no truck drivers there would be no way to move merchandise in some people would argue okay well what about planes well there's already too many planes Going over to the United States, that would cause way too much traffic control. The next thing they would say is trains. Well, okay, we don't have enough operational trains to move people. What makes you think we're gonna have enough operational real infrastructure trains? As well? Yeah, it's so well, infrastructure. <laughs> it's it's so bad. There's no way to move trains. There's no train. There's barely any trains in circulation, and there's kind of the tracks. They're what if what's the track they're building starting from Chicago going out to the the West right now? They're building basically the same thing that yeah. they built built in the eighteen seventies, <laughs> like. They're we're still struggling, and it's not going to come along for at least twenty to twenty five years that we're going to see trains come back into circulation. So truckers are incredibly important.
1: They are the backbone our of this economy. Yeah, they are the backbone.
0: And I, I saw a statistic that most drivers get paid less than the average American uh single American makes, which is around fifty-five thousand dollars. So that's
1: awful. And to go on that, it's because the trucking demand right now is below demand, as what my friend said. Interesting. And he said the trucking availability is insanely high because during when COVID and all the online stuff was going rampant, all these new carriers and over owner ops that were once employed and were finding loads like nothing. Now are like out there but can't find loads because there's no production there's nothing being circulated so what they do now is out of fear they just take whatever they can get even if it's the cheapest load that probably at the end of it makes them like i don't know a few cents maybe yeah they'll still take it because they just they want to make something rather than nothing nothing because they have expenses they have a lot to take care of because parts oil and diesel are going up in price like we've we've seen like easing of gas prices but yeah. diesel has pre- remained pretty high and we need that for and heating oil is still high diesel is still high so i mean diesel's still over five dollars right yeah diesel's yeah. Still over five but gasoline is still cheap but diesel is not is not cheap because there's no there's nothing <laughs> <laughs> what our right there. interesting yeah but um load rates are going to keep going down and maintaining the truck has become a big issue So. Yeah.
0: Um, it, I I think that the trucking industry during COVID was uh. I don't remember, it was twenty twenty one when they went they went out um, oh, a- and did the drive. No, not that part. The when they did the drive like across the country in Canada. Oh, the big drive. Yeah, yeah. And then I think they they did it in the United States, but it wasn't really covered, or they didn't end up getting to the desk, like across the entire country. Yeah. But the truckers, they're 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 pissed, and. You can understand why, and honestly, it's not just truckers. It's most people nowadays, like in the middle class, of the blue-collar workers. They're struggling to get paid. So, um but I think after all this, there are a couple of things on the horizon. So, there are a lot of forecasts that people are trying to make about the trucking industry. Um And these are kind of just some bullet points that I got from a, a website that I kind of just want to talk about. The first one... Is the carrier bankruptcy, which basically is there are a lot of mostly small trucking companies, but also several large companies have been closing down because, you know, there's not enough loads. They're not getting enough contracts to. It's just not sustainable. Trucking. It's not sustainable. Staying, yeah.
1: So they're just like, I'm out. So they
0: they, they they have to close. And there's also currently according to this 2023, it's called Lynch Penzio. There is a total of 3,000 unemployed truckers due to the closing down of these companies. So that's not just people getting laid off, that's just the closing of companies. So I think that's really interesting because the fact that so many companies are closing down is very startling. How can we move merchandise? Uh, But the second thing I think was interesting is the higher number of merges. So companies merging together. Mm -hmm. And with these companies merging together, it could help obviously create more funds and allows them to have more truckers to indulge in these contracts with people like Walmart and Stop and Shop and whatnot. So I think that's pretty interesting that the number of mergers are going up. And. There's a lot of things that can be improved about the trucking industry. One of the things that this discusses in there is point two is the improvement of technology. With the improvement of technology, truckers are able to go further. Um, I remember when Elon Musk came out with the prototype for the electric truck, which could do, what, four motors that could do?
1: I think it's four in the A
0: thousand miles. And then even if one gets crushed, like one is not working, it'll rely on the other three.
1: It's impressive technology to say the least. Yeah, but, I mean, it's it still got a long way to go for sure before yeah. it could be reliable. I mean, um, there are companies that have them. What is it? PepsiCo.
0: PepsiCo, oh, interesting.
1: Has has them. Frito. Oh no, I think it's Frito oh, Lay. Frito Lay has okay. semi trucks. Very few, I think, but they are being used to transport. Of course, the big companies get Yeah, them. the big, yeah. The yeah of course the they're gonna get. So, yeah, they're probably just in the testing phase. They were probably, who knows how they got them. They probably were incentivized by Tesla. Hey, use our trucks and then we'll get data. Yeah. Whatnot, not? But, yeah, there are some in circulation right now being tested. But, um, yeah, the Tesla Semi truck is a great innovation feat, of course. But by the time we get to get those resources... To Build that all the lithium needed and all and everything, but it's going to take a little bit. But yeah, we do agree that this is the future, and this is one of the solutions to help truckers is sustainability, yeah. reduce maintenance by like, well, no, it's tenfold. tenfold. Tenfold, you don't got to worry about one thing breaking, and then all of a sudden, you're out of commission for the whole week because you yep. need to find that one part to fix your truck. Because yep. if one engine breaks on the truck and a Tesla truck, you have three more, yeah, three <laughs> more.
0: So it's it's pretty interesting. Um, one of the other things is that corporate offices are beginning to employ several different software programs to help make operations more efficient and streamlines. That is so, so important because I see yeah. everywhere, and when I used to work at TJ Maxx, how inefficient it was when the trucks came. Because trucks would come in the morning, trucks would come late at night, so they'd drop off stuff and then merchandise wouldn't be filled till the next day. So, this is definitely an important thing to streamline. Um, there was another thing I wanted to sh- talk about, which was the influence of e-commerce. This is incredibly huge for the trucking industry. Because Amazon, Amazon unfortunately, has their own kind of truckers. Yeah, they have. Um, so, they can't really have any contracts. But, then so you have Walmart. You have little grocery stores in local towns that can have e-commerce and you can buy groceries online. So you have Stop and Shop. You have, uh, what is it in in India? Alibaba? Or is that China? That's China. That's China. Alibaba. Those are huge uh, influences. So I hope that e-commerce can help revive
1: the industry. I think e-commerce would be the way to, is your wake up call. Like, hey, we're doing everything online now. We need support to get these things going. It's costing us a lot to to ship. We need action, like, ASAP. So I believe e-commerce is the the driver, the push for the government. A call, to say like, hey, we're moving everything online. Because a lot of these, as you were saying, these like small grocery stores, small companies are using apps like Uber Eats, apps like DoorDash, stuff, stuff like that, to get their stuff delivered because they're not, they can't spend really the amount to try to have their own trucking company, try to get contracts. So if they do like DoorDash and Uber Eats and stuff like that, now you need now you need more trucks on the road to get stuff going in and out because now that now that um now that store needs to intake and import and export rapidly.
0: Yeah, for sure. And the one thing I just hope is that e commerce doesn't take away brick and mortar because you know going mm. to the store is still a great thing. Um, and people really need it, I think. Um, but it, that's a different conversation for a different yeah, time. Is, <laughs> um, uh, but I think one of the biggest things that it talks about here is the changes in prices. Cracking companies are starting to charge less for fear of not being able to get work at all, which Correct. in turn lowers wages. So,
1: it lowers wages. It lowers your incentive to work. But they don't have no choice. Yeah, Cause they're, uh, they're they're taking what they can get at this point. Yeah, they're just like, oh, you got a load? I'll take it. What? What? The broker calls you like they're taking. They they cost this much, uh, to ship it from point A to point B. You taking it? If you say no, good luck finding another load. All these truckers, and it's not just the U.S. problem. This is like the EU and the rest of the world. Like they're just taking what they can get at this point.
0: Yeah, and they have to. Um. So I think. One of the biggest solutions to that problem will be when the fuel costs go down, um, they'll be able to charge more, which in turn... It's this one. Yeah. In turn... No. Dick?
1: No, I don't think we can do
0: that. The United States sits on $1 trillion worth of oil, and we're not digging it. And that could solve a lot of our problems right now, Not not just in the United States, but the world. Oh, yeah. That's so much money. Um, but that, that'll that be something that will occur later on down the road when um, we start to... houses first off have to come together Democrats or Republicans, and then also far-right conservatives and far-left liberals in Europe. that will have to change, but, uh, but the next thing I think is just if they want to incentivize people to come beat truckers, it's just to pay them. Subsidize them. You know, like, let's
1: subsidize the trucking industry. If
0: you can get enough truckers, you can charge the fees you need to charge. And once we fix supply chain issues, that's another total separate issue.
1: This is kind of like it a, all, yeah a, a double edged knife type thing. Because if you subsidize the trucking industry and you're not subsidizing the research and development of making your goods, then you'll have more supply of truckers, but little demand for goods. And so you need to subsidize. Kind of both sectors, because yeah, if you subsidize one or the other, then it's just going to be a stalemate. Yes,
0: and, and the biggest problem I think is that truck companies, the large truck companies like Walmart, they are paying their drivers like starting salary of a hundred thousand dollars a year. Oh yeah. And so where where are you gonna? Are you gonna go to the smaller companies? No, no, you're not. <laughs> like you're you're gonna take the hundred thousand dollars salary. The likelihood that they're going to give you to pay your gas, to pay the fuel at the stations. Um, so, uh, that's going to be a problem, is the, for the smaller trucking companies to kind of compete, which is why there are lots of mergers. Which I'm okay with. People that's are going to be like, oh, there's but... going to be a monopoly, but like, nah, whatever.
1: Uh, I mean, if if merger happens, and I, I guess I understand why they why they happen. If two companies are not sustainable enough, of course they're going to merge, but If these mergers continue to happen and then we get out of this whole inflation problem, oil problem, energy crisis, whatever, what all the problems we're facing right now, then this is going to create a new driver shortage in the future with all these mergers happening. So I guess mergers for now make sense, but as time continues, we need to stop the mergers from happening and go back into having these more trucking companies to fuel. Because as we progress, as we go through all the problems we're facing, we're going to need more truckers. We're going to need more supply moving. We need more resources moving in and out of the country. So, yeah, I mean, my biggest thing, um, and thank you for all the solutions you provided, Um, there's also a regulation problem here. Oh, my God. The, The regulations here, for example, here in Connecticut, for example, Truckers pay a tax of $0.10 cent per mile to the state of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. DOT, the Department of Transportation, or, uh, motor, or whatever motor vehicle um, organization you guys have in different states, they are very strict. God forbid your logbook is not plugged in. No, or you please. did not take in your hours that you were driving. You yeah. can get fined from like 300 to thousands of dollars. You can get out of commission. If you have... I don't know. Not enough reflective, like you know those reflective strips, the red. Oh,
0: the ones where you can like. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That
1: that's also a problem. Like there's so many restrictions on truckers, that it's causing them to just back off. They're just like, I don't want to do this. I don't. I don't want to deal with like a thousand dollars fines minimum. Like especially
0: when they're not getting paid enough. This
1: and especially they're not getting paid enough. They're living pretty much like whatever they can get and funneling it back into the truck for diesel and maintenance. Yeah. And now add in the headaches of dot troopers sitting on the side waiting for a trucker to pull over and this is the eu too the eu has the eu has more regulations than the united states as well when it comes to trucking and it's just like what's the point if what incentivizes people to do their job if they're just going to have oversight all the time yeah like we need less of that. and I don't know. I, I, I could get shit for it. I could get not, but we need less, less regulations on trucking. They need to do their jobs the way they need to perform it to, to get stuff from point A to point B.
0: Yeah. That, uh, that's my, I totally agree.
1: Um, because
0: there just needs to be there. There's okay. This is the, one of the last points on the things that I wanted to t- discuss, which was urbanization. And we, whether we like it or not, um, in the future, small towns are going to turn into larger towns with businesses. And places that aren't built up, like, you know, Mezzard's in Texas, are going to be built up. Giving more trucks, or we're needing more trucks to bring the goods to those places. So, what we do need to stop regulating truckers because if we can't get enough of them, well, these urbanized towns aren't going to last very long. Because they're not going to be able to get their shipments of stuff, their goods. Their restaurants aren't going to be able to get their food. Stores aren't going to be able to get their merchandise.
1: And we also have to take into consideration the trucking infrastructure as we continue to urbanize as well. We need lots. We need (laughs) more docks. We need all these warehouses. Truck stops. Truck stops, absolutely. To help these truckers get from point A to point B. Because if you don't have these rest stops, if you don't have people... If you don't have the areas for truckers to park and whatnot, then it creates a safety concern and we can't handle, for example, in the EU, there are like barely any truck stops compared to the US. The EU has no place to park your trucks. Nowhere. It's tight. It's difficult. And we need more. We need, as we continue to urbanize, and this goes for like the rest of the world as well, because as the global South continues to develop as well, they'll be facing this urbanization. So as we continue to urbanize, we must keep the transport industry, essentially, we need more docks. We need more areas to park. We need warehouses. And we need like to, to continue this. essentially. Yeah, I agree. Build
0: these. I think a good model to, uh, for the world to bounce off of is the United States South and the Midwest. Um, if you've ever gone down South for any of you who are listening, um, there are truck stops everywhere. And, well, there's a reason for that, because they, it's so vast, there's so many big states, they have to get their stuff to people in Atlanta, that they get their stuff to people in Orlando, Miami, if you go to South Carolina, or, sorry, North Carolina, big Charlotte, um, there's so many places where they have to go, and the South is building up so many homes. Um, like, my, my uncle lives down in Georgia um, in Adairsville. And that place is just like, it's like, looks like the baby boom. If I can like prepare it to housing, there are just houses galore, which means more merchandise, more people. Um, so I think the South is a good example of why trucks are so important and why we could pay more attention and put in more truck stops because, well, they do a really good job down there right. taking care of their truckers and making sure that the truckers have places to go, places to sleep, places to shower, and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. Um. What I want to see more of is subsidizing these industries. I want there to be something like if you drive X amount of miles from the government, right, We'll pay you an additional maybe 25 cents on the mile for what you drive from the government. This incentivizes, it pushes the trucking industry to keep going. And this also pushes the the innovations and the, to force different goods being made because now you have these, you have the the way, the means to transport. Now, all we need is to push these research and development essentially to keep going, right? Yeah to match the developing trucking industry. So that's why I want to see more of. I want to see more government step in during times like these.
0: Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I think it's uh, important for the government to step in in this instance because, well, I mean, our GDP in this country is lowering. And there's many factors to that. One of the factors, though, um, is the trucking industry, which actually uh, there's a stat that it makes up, I think, 5% of our GDP. So that's... That's no statistic we could just ignore.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> like,
0: that's, that's, uh, that could be dangerous. But,
1: yeah, I think. I think we touched pretty much everything on the, the industry itself. Yeah. Um, I, where it's at, what it used to be, and what it yeah, can be.
0: I hope everybody gets more, has a little bit more respect for truck drivers. Because yeah. it's, uh. You know what's troubling. trailing My industry? friend was like.
1: We don't get enough like awareness and problem. Oh, like, the, the people treat us like shit. Like they treat we used to be heroes during the time of COVID and now we're just like we're just there. Even at warehouses, you can't even find a place to like use a bathroom or park your truck. Yeah. They they treat truckers at warehouses and people treat tra- uh, truckers around the world really like they're just like some low life job or you know. And yeah. it's just we need more respect for the industry, and I do agree. I do agree with that. There's need to be more awareness.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um. So, um, going off that one, I think we're gonna go to the currency market now. This is Yeah. Another request by a viewer to kind of understand the currency market, uh, and currency in general. Which oh, works. currency's interesting.
1: Yeah, currency is pretty interesting, and not a lot of people understand how or what or why of currency, like just in general. It's just a very interesting topic that is not talked about a lot, and that's what we're going to do today. So um, before we dive into what's going on in the currency markets today, um, we're going to let you know how they work so we can catch you up to speed. Um, so currencies are always traded in pairs, one currency for another. For example, if you want to trade your dollar for the euro, you go to a currency exchange or even some banks. Um, you can get that currency. You can go to like any. You can go to your Banks. local. Yeah. yeah, you can just go to your local bank and be like, "I need euros," and they'll just give it to you, which is crazy. Yeah, that's where I got. My I yen. never, I never knew that. Really. really? Yeah. I, I, my dad was like, "You need euros? Go to the bank." I'm like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> go inside. Go inside and ask for euros." And I go up to the counter and I'm like, "Can I have some euros, please?" I'm like, "No problem." I'm like, "What?" Yeah, that's crazy. So that's where I got Wait. my
0: yen when we went to Japan. Oh, they you even have the that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Holy shit! I never knew that. Yeah. Um currently um 1 euro as of today when this is recorded at 10:21 a.m. 1 euro is equivalent to a dollar 7 yeah dollar 7 okay good so i guess that's pretty simple and how how that currency market um how that works but now we're going to dive into now why is 1 euro equivalent to a dollar 7 Interesting. so <laughs> we <well, it> used <laughs> to be at parity but yeah. But that's like thats the biggest question to people. It's like what well, I look at this, right? I look why?
0: Which is why. <laughs> why? Why is it's, it's... Weird. that was always my question so until there recently.
1: There are a bunch of factors that determine this. Oh, yeah. Some of the factors include supply and demand of that currency in the foreign exchange markets, interest of the current central bank of that country, inflation versus growth in that domestic country, um, and their balance of trade. Which the balance of trade is the value of exports compared to the value of imports.
0: Um, Some other things are the country's attractiveness to investors can affect currencies worth. Also, um, the prices of certain commodities. And the biggest one is always oil because this world is an oil-based economy. Um, To go about currencies, um, the world sits on a floating currency system. Uh-huh. A fixed currency system basically means like you take the US dollar and you fix it to something. It used to be until 1971 fixed on gold, the gold standard, if you guys know about that, until Nixon reversed it because people did not trust the United States because we were saying, oh, we have all this money, but how, where are you getting the gold from? Yeah, that, that was the always big question. So he said, okay, we're going to take it off and use it to print money, which... Um, If you know anything about money, it causes inflation, and since 1971, we've seen thousands of percentage of inflation points. Just as a statistic, going to Harvard in 1969, it cost you $4,000. That's it. Not per semester. That's it. To go to Harvard now, it costs upwards of $90,000. That is crazy. So that's just a little bit. Uh, inflation is the other thing that impacts currency. It's probably the, if I want to take any factor, it's probably the most important factor.
1: Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, that that kind of determines what, how the uh, foreign exchange rates um are determined. But really, now we're just going to dive into a little bit deeper into like, these different factors so the balance of trade going back to what i said the value of exports versus imports in my opinion you said inflation is the biggest driver right i believe that the value of exports and the value of imports is also a major player so i feel like inflation and this go hand in hand yeah so when trade trade surpluses versus trade deficits um Trade surpluses are considered more favorable, and before we get into that, trade surplus is when you have more exports than imports, and this is considered more favorable because when you have a trade surplus, um, you're producing more and importing less. Uh, Trade deficits is when a country imports more than it exports, and this is seen as unfavorable because it only does not produce and only and that country makes only purchases, and with this, it causes trade deficits causes a country's currency to be overvalued because it's consistently spending and it needs that money it needs to make up that money from exports uh from its exports so that means it will make its exports more expensive yeah. compared to trade surpluses um because a country's currency is undervalued when there's a surplus because it makes the exports cheaper to buy from foreigners so yeah else to add? that's interesting um i'm
0: gonna those are very good points. I'm going to talk about the attracting attractiveness to investors. So this can affect the currency's worth. Um, and oddly enough, an inflated currency is worth more to investors than a non-inflated currency, especially in things like the euro and the dollar. People are going to invest more in the U.S. dollar when it's inflated because, well, you're making more money off of it because it keeps rising.
1: And when... Interest rates are high, and interest rates, yes, because they'll put the money into savings, right? Into yeah. the savings in that currency, for example, they'll put it into the dollar because the interest rates are high and the inflation is high.
0: Yeah, but attractiveness to investors is is incredibly important, um, and I think if you're going off of inflation and then the supply and demand factors, I think that the attractiveness to investors is very important because if you're investing in a market the market is going to rise in value which rises the value of its currency and if you look at um pre-2008 some countries that were heavily invested in include south africa include vietnam include rwanda if they were emerging economies which helped their currencies and this is one of the big things for the U.S. This is one of the reasons why they, uh, the European Union created the euro, because there was going to be an attractiveness to investing in Europe. And there's obviously an attractiveness to investing in the U.S. or China, um, Japan. Um, not so much the United Kingdom right now, which is hilarious Wrong. that we keep crapping on the United Kingdom because we're going there next month. but <laughs>
1: Yeah, their, their after, economy. after
0: twenty sixteen's referendum of Brexit, it was it's been less than two percent every year of GDP growth. So, um, yeah, the attractiveness is a very important factor towards um, the values of currency markets. Exactly.
1: And just to continue off of what you were talking about, this kind of goes hand in hand on what countries can do to boost their boost their currency as well, yes. it's increase that attractiveness. Um, but what what really caught my eye is the us and china trade war right Mm -hmm. so china has around 1.4 trillion could be more could be less from when i did my research um of government us government bonds, if the chinese were to sell these bonds it completely depreciates the dollar and the one would be stronger but you wonder why they wouldn't do that um because china can easily appreciate the value of the currency if they wanted to by buying more assets in dollars but they use the dollar assets assets to keep the one weaker and make their exports more cheaper and more uh competitive. So you can use the currency exchange as a way to try to make yourself more competitive, which is pretty pretty impressive on what countries can do to boost our currency. You can purposely keep it weak to make your exports cheaper, but it won't continue to be weaker because you're exporting more than what you're importing. And this goes back to the trade surplus thing.
0: Yeah. No, that's very interesting because actually, the uh, um, if you also go off of that in terms of using a currency to uh, you keep the value of your currency lower, commodities is, is a is a way to increase your currency level. Um, and what's the biggest one? Oil. Huh. Who would have thought? Yeah, oil. Oil is so important. I mean, it, it's the the back of.
1: It's the back the Middle of the East, economy.
0: Yeah, it's the backbone it's of all like, economies around the world. So um, I think the United States is, is I think, sitting on a lot of trillion oil. dollars of oil. And I think they're missing out on that opportunity to increase our value.
1: Um, and
0: also just...
1: And oil it. won't be eventually we're just going to phase out oil because that's what the rest of the world wants to do it's what the international organizations want to do it's all the countries want to do. Yeah. So what you can do with oil is play the temporary game with it is dig enough of it to rebuild to build the renewable energy sources. So now you're causing a a shift right from oil to renewables but you need that oil to get to the renewables. To then reduce your reliance on oils as you're plugging in the renewables into your energy infrastructure. So, yes, oil is important because it gets to the renewables that everyone wants. Yeah. That- and just to continue off of that point, innovation also drives currency. Yes, if you're doing work. if you're doing if you're playing the long term game right with research and development, I'm going to be. Invested in your projects, I will pay for everything in the dollar of all your research and development projects you got going on. So, we need to focus on creating these renewables, right? Because renewables will be the next big like selling point of a country. If your country has access to these, then I'm going to be like, I want to invest in that country, I'm going to invest it in your currency, then your currency becomes stronger. And this is for pretty much. For the emerging markets, really, because they're they're coming up and they're coming up quick, quicker than their GDP growth is quicker than what more developed countries. Are.
0: The energy and the technology sectors are are hand in hand. They're incredibly important, and they're the backbones of not just developed countries but emerging economies, developing countries. So I think it'll be the next, like you said, the next phase is to get to renewable energies and. That way is oil, but um, currency is going to play a big a big factor in that because we want to be able to invest in the countries that help us get to that or we invest in the countries who build the infrastructure in their right. countries to help them out. Um,
1: so I want to add one more thing to the yeah. currency thing, and that's political stability. Oh, yeah. You're not going to attract investors if your country is either going through a war um, economic crisis, etc. Anything that causes that attractiveness to go away. So to promote political stability, you can do it through lawmakers focusing on policies that increase the supply of goods, promote manufacturing, um, cutting production costs, subsidies, regulation reductions, and so on. So, yeah. yeah.
0: No, it's interesting. Um, It just, I think, to end it off on People, so all these factors come into your understanding of why, in, if you're an American, why you pay less at another country, let's say Canada or Japan. Um, I remember the last time when I was in Canada, for every American dollar, it was $1.80 in Canadian dollars. Yeah. And then that was in August, so it could be different. And then in November, when we went to Japan, it was... Dollar for every hundred and thirty. It was. It was. It was, it was a floated about. a lot when we were there. It started off from like one thirty eight. It went ever. to one forty. So yeah, know, crazy. But the fact is, is that the American dollar, because of all the things we just discussed, is the second strongest, the third strongest currency in the world. We are able to go wherever we want and pay less. I mean, I did not spend much in Japan. On food especially
1: oh yeah oh my god it was
0: it was crazy you could get full meals for oh, less right. than five dollars um and, and you could
1: get like a good fancy meal like fan. the top the, the type that costs maybe 40, 40 bucks, bucks maybe, here yeah. in the u.s can cost you like anywhere from like 10 to 20 bucks yeah in it, japan for example
0: and so these factors are one of the biggest reasons why the united states dollar carries so weight so much weight
1: there's well, probably also, even more factors we're not even considering. Yeah, we're missing even so about many. There's there, as Josh was saying, there's there's a lot, yeah. and we we could sit here and talk about it all day, but it'll probably take us hours, twenty four hours to discuss <laughs> every single factor that goes into a currency and how to increase the attractiveness of it and yeah. how to boost the strength of that currency.
0: Yeah. Also, remember the uh, the factors of this is an important one that the U.S. dollar is the backing of every or it's it's the central bank's currency. Everything is produced in US dollars in the world. And then also the backing is the Euro, the yen, and then I think the pound sterling. I'm gonna
1: Are you talking about special drawing rights?
0: No, the just uh, like oh, the people what people trade in
1: mostly. Oh. I think it's whatever is under the the special drawing rights, whatever makes up that yeah. uh, special drawing rights. For anyone that doesn't know what the special drawing rights are, it's a currency made by the IMF, was it? Yes, IMF. The IMF that consists of five different currencies. So if there is, let's say you have, how do I explain special drawing rights? This is interesting.
0: You need to buy something, in another currency, you go to the IMF and you get it. Basically, you get it's like it's this works you get the
1: SDR bank. and get the SDR to convert to the whatever other you need. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm trying to find out what the fuck. I, I know here they are it's the US dollar, that's the main one, the euro. I was correct on that, then the Chinese won, so I was wrong with that one. It's the Chinese yuan is the third backing, then the Japanese yen is the fourth, which recently just passed the British pound. Which I think is interesting. Both economies, which are going down, so the fact that Japanese yen is passing the British pound is actually good for Japan, um, considering their population is growing. But that's another story for another time. Um, yeah, so that that's the IMF's kind of actions of central bank for the
1: world. And they also serve as like the, the mediator. Um, no, that never mind. That's the World Trade Organization. Yeah, <laughs> the World World Trade Organization. What they do is they serve as a mediator between uh, trade disputes. Uh, between other countries the imf um is more involved in currency rates and ensuring that um the currency rates around the world nothing nothing volatile is going on so the imf is kind of like the oversight uh on the currency market
0: yeah for sure um so currency is definitely i can understand a difficult concept especially for people who are investing um you know, be careful in investing in other markets because you just you just don't know. It's 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 everything especially, is speculation and in investing. Especially but, in
1: forex. Those who engage in forex trading yeah. are pretty big hearted. I I don't have that type of uh No. That type of heart to invest in the and, foreign exchange markets. Especially
0: after who's the British guy? George uh Boros?
1: Or, uh what's uh, his name? Hold on. I know exactly what you're talking who about. Who invest- shorted the the pound or the euro? It was a pound. He shorted yeah. the pound completely,
0: and yeah, he shorted it. And everybody sold. He reinvested it. Everybody reinvested. and made himself
1: billions of
0: dollars, but uh, screwed over the rest. Yeah, it Doros, George Soros, 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 George Soros. Yeah, that guy. I knew it was close. He, yeah, yeah. he's he's a a British billionaire. Um, and, yeah, he did that. Uh, which was unfortunate for a lot of British people. 1990s. Um, because a lot of people followed and lost a lot of money because oh, yeah. they didn't have billions of dollars like he did. So yeah, I think that was that's it for me. What do you got anything?
1: I I don't have anything else. Um yeah yeah awesome (laughs) well
0: thank you guys for listening for this one uh these are always interesting because i like that we got something that we could pick from the viewers to hear what they want to hear yeah so um i hope you guys found it interesting and please also do your own research again because we could have missed a lot of things
1: we try to sum this up as best as we can to try to get you guys to understand so there might be a few things we miss in our research and it happens when we're trying to simplify it for the viewers but um if there's any specific topics you guys want us to discuss feel free to dm us on uh on our instagram page uh shout us out on twitter whatever you need to contact us let us know and we'll uh we'll do whatever topics you guys have and then we'll try to integrate it with whatever topics we want to uh discuss out there and uh yeah these are these were again both topics that of uh, the viewers chose um and we believe that it was important for everyone to understand because they're not getting enough public media attention so
0: yeah for sure well thank you guys for listening uh make sure to follow us on uh instagram tiktok and twitter and we are now on all platforms right first for uh podcast or most platforms i most should platforms. say we're still In- on
1: spotify apple amazon and google awesome yeah. and rss.com but RSS. no one uses that yeah really. <laughs> but, 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 but yeah
0: give us a listen and uh yeah thanks for thanks for listening to us